And here we go. That's right. You're back in Red's line. And what do we have for you tonight? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this game started out like a uh, nice little balance of pitching from Disco, which I'm wrong. And that's why I don't have 100% of always being right. And it's only 99.7, which is still world famous. Everybody knows about it. It's universally known, coast to coast, intercontinental, round the world. Everybody knows that I have the 99.7 percentage of always being right. But it's days like today where I thought the disco was going to get hammered a little bit. That's why I'm sitting at 99.7 instead of 100. So now you know why I'm only 99.7, because there is some of these things, like disco pitching six innings, a four hit, no run, three walk, 6K baseball, where my percentage is going to be a little bit below 100. So I hope that explains the entire uh, 99.7 percentage of not being 99.8, 99.9, or 99.99, or 99.99 with a line over it, or 100%. It's days like today. So now that we got that over with, the Reds had a nice little game today going. Now, if you watched it and you saw the box score, you knew that it was a blowout. But the start of this game was Mikolas, who's basically the Cards ace, with, with Wainwright being 37, 38 years old. And it was Disco. And if you've been listening to my Reds line game recaps last night, you'll know that I talked about how San Diego, well, Disco in San Diego last time out pitched six innings, pitched really well. But the time before that, he pitched against the Cardinals and they kind of roughed him up. And the Pirates before that, and he had given up 10 earned runs in less than 10 innings pitched. But the Padres game kind of got him straightened out. And I really didn't think he was going to uh, be so successful in St. Louis considering Matt Carpenter, Paul Goldschmidt, on and on and on. And it just so happened that he pitched really good. So you really got to give him um, a lot of credit for you know proving me wrong and keeping my percentage of me always being right under 100. Because that's why it's 99.7. So anyway, let's get into this game. So, the Reds are visiting Atlanta, or St. Louis. They just got done with the Atlanta series. They're visiting St. Louis, and this is the opening game. And what had happened was Votto's still leading off for some unknown reason. And then Suarez comes up. And you remember last night how I talked about how Suarez should have had two home runs? Well, he connected tonight. He hit his sixth home run, and it was a solo shot. So the Reds got an early one to nothing lead. And then it was kind of like a regular little pitching match through uh, the next two and three innings. Reds maintained their lead. Basically, one to nothing. It wasn't until the fourth 
when my man, the wink, Jesse Winker, hit a home run. And he didn't feel Mickelson at this time to left field. He hit it to center. And that's his seventh. So he's still leading the team in home runs. And for all you people, and I like to call you people George, who told me that Jesse Winker was some broke man's, and they and he said some player that wasn't any good. Um, Jesse Winker was always going to be this hitter. And in fact, Jesse Winker should have been the starting left fielder since like 2017. This team just doesn't know how to develop young players. Anyways, let's move on. He hit his seventh home run. And if you do the math, that means he, that means he's on track for 42 home runs. Do I think he's going to hit 42 home runs? No. Is he going to be over 30? Yes. Will he land on 30 and that'll be it? Maybe. But he's definitely going to be 30-plus this year, and everybody has made fun of me for years talking about Jesse Winker. But I got my scouting reports over here on my mantle I'm looking at right now, and I'm just saying, okay, well, I guess my scouting reports were wrong. Wait, they're not. I am sorry. Jesse Winker is going to be a 300 hitter, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 runs, and if he could just be a little bit more selective, 100 walks. So anyway, and he's going to have a 400, 400 on-base percentage. So anyway, to make a long story short, up oh, there's the first time I need to stop saying that. Engineer, you're going to have to edit that out, man. Okay, back to Red's line game recap. So, Jesse Winker homers. That's number seven. And then that's when the team just starts kind of whittling away a little, little by little at this uh, at the Cardinals. Uh, Yesiel Puig had a pretty good game today, but he popped out after a Winker home run. Scott Shebler has got to be traded. The guy was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts and two walks. So he did get on base twice. He scored two runs, but... Like, he's having a heck of a hard time. And I really think him playing center field is probably hurting him. And I'm not making this up. I mean, he's not a center fielder. He's not as bad as we all think he is. I mean, he should be a serviceable corner outfielder for a team. You know, he, he should be a seventh hitter, eighth hitter. Maybe not eighth hitter, but, you know, like he's a seventh hitter on a baseball team. And to make a long no, – I'm going to hold up. Engineer, I'm holding up on that one. So, anyways, to get back on this uh, fourth inning, he walks, Iglesias singles. Iglesias has been having a couple good games, but anyway, if, if it wasn't for the Reds signing him, we'd have Senzel up here. So, you know, what do you want? You want you want Jose Iglesias uh, having singles every now and then and scoring runs, and or would you rather have Senzel not hurt? You, you make the call. But anyway... And then uh, Kirk Casale, who I've said the Reds need to trade Tucker Barnhart to the Padres. The, the Reds are not going to be a winning team, and I don't mean this in a bad way. they got to trade some of these parts to bring in some talent in the pipeline, which they got talent in the pipeline, but they got to use some of these parts where they got depth. And what I'm saying is here, Kirk Casale drives in uh, Shebler. Kirk Casale had three hits today. And, and drove in four four runs. I mean, Kirk Casale's hitting 304, I think, and he could be the starter, and they could have, you know, just a nice uh, situation with Casale. They need to trade Tucker Barnhart to the Padres for their backup catcher, who's going to be a starter, Mejar, or Mejar, if you pronounce his name, and a couple 
uh, young starters in the minors. I've already documented this many times. I'd like Louis Patino and I'd like Logan uh, Allen. Or if I couldn't get Logan Allen, I, I would take David Weathers' son. Uh, I think his name is Ryan Weathers. He's a left-hander, but he's kind of young. So I'd, I'd probably rather have Logan Allen. He's a uh, left-hander. Kind of uh, reminds you of David Wells a little bit. Not not that big, but, you know, he's just a workhorse. Imagine Tanner Rourke left-handed. That's kind of the way uh, Logan Allen will be. Now, Louis Patino, that's Jose Rijo reincarnated. So he would be awesome to get. But anyways, let's get back to the game. So then, you know, the red, so the, red, the Reds are up basically uh, three to nothing. And and then the fifth inning happens, and my man Joey Votto hits a home run to uh, right center. That's his third. And now he has three home runs and five RBIs, and I was like, hey, this is why Votto's got to be hitting third, man. And even the Cardinals announcers, who that's who I was listening to today because I can't handle think pitch. Anyways, the Cardinals announcers were even saying, yeah, this, this makes no sense. And this is the funny thing. The reason that the Reds hit the pitcher eighth is because everybody in that front office has ties to St. Louis back in the, the not this decade, but the decade before when, when Tony LaRusso did it. So that's why they do it, because they think they're smart. So anyway, the, the today's Cardinals or announcers are like mocking it, basically, and talking about how it makes no sense. Um, and basically, it's kind of funny that LaRusso was there, uh, Bob Castellini was there. Walt Jockety was there. The, the entire thing was there, basically. Uh, the management structure for the Reds now. And so now, fast forward 10 years, and the Cardinals are saying, man, why are they doing this? So it's a whole funny dichotomy in that situation. But anyway, Joey Votto home runs, three home runs, five R- five RBIs on the season. Do you see the problem there, ladies and gentlemen? they got to get a leadoff hitter. So... Then the Reds are up four to nothing, and then that's kind of like where their Mike Michaelis didn't have like a horrible game. He'd given up four runs through five innings. Disco's kind of cruising. He went. He would end up going six innings. Like I said, four hits, no runs, three walks, six Ks. Disco, you gotta control those walks a little bit more. I'm just telling you, those can get uh, like Matt says in Resonation number forty one ninety two. Walks will haunt. Anyway, so then. The craziness starts happening in the, uh, I'd like to say the the seventh inning, eighth inning. That's when everything kind of hangs loose on this game. That would be the uh, top of the eighth. Well, let me go back to the seventh because that was when Garrett comes in. And see, Garrett... Basically gets, this is where David Price, (laughs) David Bell, Brian Price, this is where David Bell, David Bell, this is where David Bell just kind of goes off. That's where I was trying to think. I apologize, I'm off. Anyways, so he brings in Amir Garrett to take over for Disco. Colton Wong singles, and then they bring up Tyler O'Neill, and everybody knows how much I like Tyler O'Neill. He should be a Cincinnati Red. Then, thankfully, 
Uh, Tyler O'Neill, which now you'll laugh, he uh, hits into a double play, and it was pretty slick double play ball. Um, anyways, and then Matt Carpenter comes up. So, yeah, you're thinking lefty Garrett versus lefty Matt Carpenter. This will work great. Well, he Matt Carpenter walks, and this is what happens. Uh, for some reason, David Bell thinks that Amir Garrett is not good enough to pitch to a right-handed batter. And I would have left Garrett in there because while Goldsmith is a great right-handed hitter, Amir Garrett can give you an inning. He can go multiple innings. And so what happened was that he brings in Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen immediately gives up a single to, uh, Goldschmidt, and then the next thing you know, the next hitter, DeJong, or DeGong, or whatever his name is, he singles, and then Matt Carpenter scores, and then they got a, and then they're dealing with Ozuna, who's got like nine home runs and 21 RBIs, when you should have just left Garrett in there. This overmanaging is just getting too much. You're, you're con- convoluting the entire game, David Bell. Like, Amir Garrett is an excellent pitcher. You don't have to protect him when you're up four to nothing. It's not a one run lead. Anyways, let's go on. So that's when this, you know, top of the eighth uncorks. So Winker, who's everybody, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to hit 30 home runs. I already said it. All you guys that mocked me in Res Nation 4192, I hope you will now bow down to the Jared Roberts scouting reports because. I've been right on everything. Anyways, 99.7% of always being right. Anyways, so then Puig home runs. And that was his fourth. So he has a two-run shot. So then the Reds are up 6-1, to one, and now they got plenty of room. Anyway, oh, by the way, what I want to say about Puig is ever since the uh, temperature's kind of gotten up there, remember he remember the home se- the opening series he had that like uh, neck thing on covering his whole head. I know that you're gonna say, well, should we sign him to a deal? Yes, you should sign him to a long term deal. He'll get used to it after another year or so playing in Cincinnati. but this guy is gonna be a special hitter. I believe that him and Winker are gonna have thirty home run seasons with Suarez. And uh, I just believe that we're going to have three players with 30 home runs this year. If Votto would just to get out of that leadoff spot, I think he might have a chance to hit 32. But I'll say that Suarez, Winker, and Puig are all going to have 30 bombs this year. So it's going to be pretty interesting for the offense. Puig's heating up. You've noticed it since the last two or three weeks. He's just been raising that batting average up. Now he's over 200, and he's heading towards, you know, I'm not saying Puig's going to hit 300. Now, does Puig have the ability to hit 300? Yeah, he does. I just don't think this is the year unless he just gets on a heck of a tear because the guy has real good control of the strike, uh, the, the, the strike zone, basically. He's got a great um, ability to put the bat on the ball. And as long as he keeps, if he just keeps putting the ball in play, he will hit 300 because his batting average on balls in play will be high enough where that will translate. But uh, I just think that right now you're looking at a 270, 280 hitter, and that would be a great season to have if, you know, Puig can come up with a 280 average, 35, 40 bombs, 
and driving 125, 130 RBIs. And your guys are going, what, 120? Well, no, this is Puig. This is an actual power right-handed hitter who's, you know, just a classic hitter like that. The reason the Reds have had so much problems driving in runs is because they've never had table setters hitting first or second. I mean, this is a 12-year problem, and they got a guy that's led the league in on-base percentage seven times who should be the three-hitter. The problem with this front office is they've never acquired the right players to add around their core. The first core, and now this core, they, they still haven't done it. And you see that they have the opportunity to do it all offseason. They just get locked up, and they don't. Well, let's get back to this top of the eighth because it keeps getting better. Then Scott Shebler strikes out again. We already, I already told you he struck out three times. And um, so basically Iglesias lines out. Kirk Caselli strikes out, which I know I just said Kirk Caselli can be the starting catcher. He can. And if they trade Tucker Barnhart to the Padres and bring back Maja or Miha, I got I to gotta look this guy's name up and figure out how to pronounce it. But anyway, that would be a transition this year. From Casali starting to Meja or Meja, or I know everybody's laughing at this, but anyway, by the time uh, the end of the All Star break happens, or after the All Star break, he'll be the uh, starting catcher for the Reds through the rest of the season, and he'll be the starter in twenty twenty. So let's go to the uh, top of the ninth. This is where it kind of gets un- kind of goes uncorked. Michael Lorenzen actually hits. He strikes out. Then Jose Peraza, and everybody knows I don't like Jose Peraza, but he hit a home run into the third deck. <laughs> and I mean, he launched this baseball, and I couldn't believe it. And I'm not going to say I've changed my opinion on him. He just really got – it was the perfect mix of a fastball thrown at the exact angle – and he swung at the exact perfect angle to launch this thing. And I mean, this was a this was an upper decker, triple decker home run. I couldn't even believe it. So Peraza, hats off to you on that home run. I think this was a blind squirrel finding a nut situation, but it doesn't stop there, okay? Because after that, Votto singles, and he this is where he uh, beautiful single to left field, opposite field hit. And then Suarez strikes out for some reason. And then the Wink singles, and Joey Votto's at second. And then Puig singles, and that scores Votto, and Winker's at third. And then Shebler walks for the second time. He didn't strike out. And then Iglesias singles. So that scores the Wink. And then the bases are loaded for Kirk Caselli, and he launches his third hit of the day as a double and clears the bases, and the Reds are up 12-1. to And... Literally, they pull uh, Lorenzen after an inning and a half, or an inning and a third, I apologize, and they bring in Jared Hughes. Now, I want to say something to you, David Bell. I know you had pitched um, your buddy Zach Duke yesterday. This would have been a good game to bring in Zach Duke to get some work in. And I guess Jared Hughes needed some work as well, but I'm just saying, David Bell... Only use him against a left-handed hitter you're trying to neutralize with one out or two, or like two outs, or if it's a if it calls if the if the situation calls for it, or in a blowout so this guy can get some work in against major league hitters and get his groove back because Zach 
Duke is not a horrible pitcher like all these, uh, you know, uh, keyboard warriors on the internet think. I mean, Zach Duke is a good, serviceable, loogie pitcher. You guys just don't... I don't understand why the Reds fans don't understand he's being used wrong. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, so I'll tell you one more thing. I want to talk about uh, Disco's line one more time. Six innings, four hits, no runs, three walks, six strikeouts, and he pitched 91 he had 91 pitches, so you can't ask for more than that. It was a really good performance. I got to eat crow on this one, man. And uh, hope hey, Disco, hopefully you'll keep proving me wrong. But if anybody did listen to these recaps, you know I want Disco to pitch good because I want them to trade him. I don't think this is long-term success, man. I, uh, I don't know what was in the air tonight. Disco was throwing 95, though, so he was throwing pretty hard. And really, the only thing I can think of this is that he's feeding off of uh, Castillo and Gray and all these other other guys are just uh, pitching real good because um, sometimes in athletics, you'll pitch up to um, your competition, which those guys aren't as competition. But if you remember like the Atlanta Braves starters or if you go even back further to the Orioles starters where they had like all those guys win 20 games, those kind of pitchers all pushed each other to be better, and that could be the situation with Disco because he's looked pretty good the last two times out, but then he goes out there and just implodes and can't get past the fourth inning. So I really hope the Reds can understand that you have to constantly be vigilant in evaluating your roster, and that's where I've always said at the trade deadline you need to be buyers and sellers, even if you're winning, even if you're in the top of your division or or at the bottom of the division, whatever. If you, every year you should be a buyer and a seller. There's ways to improve at the deadline, and that's the way the Reds got to be. And um, I don't believe that the Reds need to invest in Disco. He's a player that you're not going to invest in. If you're mapping out a franchise like this and a business plan for baseball operations. So what you want to do is you want to maximize a guy like Anthony DiScalfani at his highest trade value before you got to start paying him millions of dollars because I think next year he'll be in his first arbitration year. I could be wrong, but I think that, again, this is all off the cuff. I don't have the internet in front of me. I don't have a subscription to Baseball America like Doug Gray does, you know, from Reds Minor League. So, you know, you have to bear with me. Anyway, to make a long story short, there I said it again. See what you did, Doug? Anyways, so let's get to the good things. Well, number one, I've got to give it to the Reds offense as a group. And I don't know if it was just bad pitching by the Cardinals or what. Because uh, I'll tell you what, that Leon or Lone or Leon, he was injured before and he came in in this game. He gave up six runs, man. So it it just kind of just blew up from there. You know, it was a, kind of a normal game, 4-1. to one, And then the two-run home run kind of s- sealed it for the Reds. Puig shot. 
You know, the the last six runs, you really can't sit there and go, oh, it's just domination. This guy had been injured and working his way back. So you got to be realistic about a lot of these things. But I'm going to tell you what, even if the Reds are sitting there at 6-1 and winning this game, it's an excellent get baseball game, an excellent win, and this is the way the Reds need to win. You know, 6-1, to 7-2, to that's where they need to be. That's the sweet spot. So let's get back into the good things. So... I got to really say that um, Puig, you're going to get my number two on the good things list because I give it to the entire number one of the Reds' whole offense. You were uh, two for five with two runs and three RBIs. You're really heating up. Like I said, he's over the 200 mark. You're over Mendoza, Puig. Keep on trucking, buddy. And uh, it's just an excellent time right now to be a Reds fan and having a guy like this who's playing pretty darn good. And, um, you know, the last seven games, he's hitting 250, so that's way better than he was before because he was under the Mendoza pretty much all season. So I got to say that Puig, you got to keep it up, man. And you got to keep hitting them home runs, and hopefully you'll be at 35, 37, 40 by the end of the year. And hopefully this Dick Williams gets off these banker's hours and calls your agent and locks you up, man. So where will we go for number three on the good things list? I I would normally give it to my man Jesse Winker. But I'll probably give him number four on the good things list because i got to give it Number three to Kirk Casale. I mean, three for five, four RBIs. I mean, the guy is just a natural good hitter. He's uh, basically hitting 306 now. I thought he was hitting 304. Is he going to hit 300 all year? Probably not. You know, he's probably going to be around 285, 290. But I'm telling you, if the Reds could just move Barnhart. And infuse the system and kind of re- and kind of reload. This Casale could probably give you twenty home runs the rest of the year. He's a he's a pretty talented hitter. He reminds me a lot of uh, Russell Martin, uh, just a guy like that. You know, a, a real blue collar uh, catcher. And I really think that Kirk Casale is helping these pitchers a lot. Like Disco, I mean, Disco's pitching great with Casale. And I'm not saying Disco's not pitching great with Barnhart. I'm just you know, San Casale's every time he's at uh, behind the plate, the Reds are doing real well. He's is well. I'll tell you what, the guy has got to work with somebody about throwing to second base because that's the only thing that Tucker Barnhart's kind of got on him is Casale will throw it to right field. Man, I, it's just amazing to say. But anyway, Kirk Casale. You're number three on the good things list, and I'm going to extend it. Every now and then I extend it to the to uh, four things, and I'm going to give it to the Wink. Man, you scored three runs today. You hit your team-leading seventh home run. I mean, what else can you say? Two for four with a walk, three runs on three times a day. You're slowly climbing up that ladder. You're over uh, – the Mendoza line too, but you are going to hit 300 this year. And in fact, Jesse Winker has batting titles in him, and everybody's going to laugh and ha ha ha. 
He shouldn't have been starting in 17 or 18. Oh, well, remember when I said to everybody that Scooter Jeanette had, had a batting title in him? And the same guy, George, laughed at me that said Winker was a poor man something or whatever. And uh, then Scooter Jeanette, like, was second in the league in hitting forever, leading the league in hitting until the Reds decided that they were going to, like, uh, not try and pitch to get Christian Yelich out, and he went 11 for 11, basically sealed his batting title and sunk uh, the hopes for Scooter Jeanette. Yeah, that's the kind of, uh, you know, uh, scouting that I do. You know, I know I don't have a um, subscription to Baseball America, so and I don't have my own website that, you know, where I, where I uh, copy and paste, but I try my best with my little scouting reports I got here on my mantle. Anyways, so let's get back. Oh, how are we going to transition? I know. Here's the bad things. Well, I'm telling you what. Even though Joey Votto was two for five with two runs and an RBI, I'm still putting you, David Bell, number one on the bad things list because you got Joey Votto leading off. It's insane. I don't even know what you're doing. In fact, my insane kind of came out kind of weird. So I might need to get that checked out. Engineer, make me an appointment. Okay. Anyways, so back to this. What can I say about number two on the bad things list? I'll just put it. David Bell! You should have not pulled Garrett for Goldsmith. I understand that Garrett is a left-handed pitcher. So he throws with his left hand. And I understand that Paul Goldsmith is a right-handed hitter. And he swings right-handed. But you're up Four to nothing, and Garrett is a machine. I let Garrett go in there and punch fastballs inside and try and get the guy to pop up or drive one in the ground or fly out. I mean, if he hits a home run, so be it. I mean, I'm you're just playing for the inning, man. I mean, quit playing for the inning. When you got a game rolling like this, don't overmanage. And everybody out there is going to say, well, Jared, you don't know what you're talking Okay, that's fine. I'll, 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 you know, you can sink my battleship, whatever you want to say. But it's asinine. It was dumb. It was, uh, there was no point to it. You're, you're not winning four to three. You're up four to nothing. And you kind of, let me put it this way. I understand that. He had just walked Carpenter, and that's on Garrett. So, but I don't think you need to just pull pull, pull him for a right-handed pitcher in Lorenzen. The reason I'm saying this is because Paul Goldschmidt sees more right-handed pitchers throughout the year. Remember, you're, he's in the same division as you, and the only left-handed starters are basically in, in, in Chicago. So, anyway... You just, well, now they got uh, Gio Gonzalez back in Milwaukee, so that happened. But anyways, so that's my whole point. Like, you should have just left Garrett out there, um, you know, to to go ahead and just make it mano a mano. And I understand why you pulled him in right-handed, right-handed batter. It was just over-managing, and you do it all the time. And you always do it in the sixth. At least this was the seventh inning. So I will give you that. So... What are we what are we gonna put for number three on the bad things list? Well, I gotta give it to Scott Shebler. Man, 
They have got to trade you for a new lease on life, change of scenery, and I really feel they got to get you out of center field. I think that's probably what's messing you up because, like I said, I don't think you're as terrible as I have said you are bad. I mean, you're you're not a very you're not a great baseball player. Obviously, you're made to the majors, so you have talent, but. The Reds have got to do something. They cannot deploy you in center field anymore. And I kind of got a plan. I kind of got a trade in mind. Uh, the San Francisco Giants are canvassing for a corner outfielder right now. This is the perfect time to unload Shebler. There's a couple minor leaguers. Uh, Luis, Luis Gonzalez, remember him? and uh, He actually was on PEDs, I think. Hit that 57 home runs for the Diamondbacks. I don't know if you guys remember that. He won a World Series in 2001. His son is an up-and-coming minor leaguer in the Giants organization. He plays at third base, but he has a really bad – he's not going to land at third base. He'll probably go to the outfield, but he's really young, 19, 20 years old. I'd like to see him. And then they got this 6'11 pitcher, Sean, and I don't even know how to pronounce his name. It's like H-J-E-L-L-E or something. And I'd really like the, the – I think the the Reds can work a trade. Shebler's not going to bring you any of their top prospects or anything, so you can probably cross getting Ramos off the list. But I think I got a trade that I probably can, uh, can suggest and uh, might make sense, clear out some stuff. And anyway, let's get back on to what I'm saying here. Um, So that's number three on the bad things. David Bell's number one, David Bell's number two, and Scott Shevler, the guy that doesn't need to be in center field ever, ever, ever. You're number three on the bad things list. So where do we go from here? Well, not very far. They're going to be in St. Louis, and it's an afternoon game tomorrow, right after lunchtime. And um, it's going to be... uh, Malley, Tyler Malley, and he's going to go up against, man, who are you going up against? I just looked at it earlier. I can't believe I forgot. It's Dakota Hudson, and I really like Dakota Hudson when he was drafted by the Cardinals. He's a real, he, I think he was a late first-round pick or he was a supplemental pick. I can't remember, but I remember Dakota Hudson, a really good young pitcher, got a good future ahead of him. The Reds, since they teed off yesterday for batting practice, they should be primed to keep the bats rolling tomorrow. I'm going to predict a victory. I think Malley or Malley is going to pitch um, tremendously well tomorrow. I think he's going to locate his fastball. I think he's going to be able to really uh, get these Cardinals off balance. They're reeling right now. They In fact, I think they had a six-game winning streak coming into this game, so the Reds kind of stopped him cold and, and hit him over the head with the, uh, you know, the caveman club and was like, me here, you know. So, anyways, uh, I believe that Malley, as long as he's got his good stuff, and Malley, you can't walk anybody, man. You got to you got, you got to be no walks, no walks. If you're pitch efficient and you, or you're limited to zero and one walk, You'll go, you'll go six, seven innings, and and they'll get you out of there. I don't think David Bell will pull you. Uh, he doesn't really uh, see when you lose it. But as long as uh, they send Johnson out to give you a breather and they pull you when it, stuff starts to go haywire, I believe you're going to get a win. And I think the Reds are going to rock. Uh, I Here's the problem. Dakota Hudson is just like, you know, in the mold of uh, – I don't think he's as good as uh, 
the pitcher that the Dodgers had, that young right-hander who I really liked. Uh, what the heck is his name? Bueller, Walker Bueller. But he's in the more of the he's a right-handed version of Eric Lauer. So he's 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 still a great young pitcher, but he's not like Walker Bueller or something like that. He's he's gonna be good and he's gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's gonna be a test, but he's got really good stuff. He's young, he's driven, and he's gonna probably go after the Reds hitters. And as long as they just keep putting the ball in play like they did today, it's gonna be probably. A, I'm, I hate to say it, it's gonna be a cakewalk. As long as they keep putting the ball in play, that's the most important thing. They can't be striking out. They've got to control that strike zone. I mean, protect the strike zone, and they'll be fine. And if Malley can just use those quarters to the plate, he's got great command. I don't think what I don't care what Think Pitch says. Remember, Think Pitch says he's got great control but no command. Good God. Anyways, Malley, don't walk a batter. You're going to come out a winner. If you start walking, guys, I can't guarantee your win. But anyway, that's what's going to happen tomorrow. That's what's going down in uh, St. Louis tomorrow. It's going to be, a, a, I think it's 2.15 your time, 1.15 mine. So, yeah, it'll be right after lunchtime here. And I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to watch every single pitch, every single out. It's going to be awesome. And I uh, hope that Mally can uh, keep this streak going. And I just hope that uh, the Reds hitters continue on from what they did tonight. Because tonight, while everybody's going to say the Reds' offense is awesome, it's 12-1, to 1, I'm being serious. This is how you look at a game like this. The Reds won 6-1. to 1. The, that, the, the, the last six runs were just like, you know, I told you what it was. I explained how it worked before. So anyway, from the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country, I'm shutting this Reds line down for the night. So we'll talk to you tomorrow, Reds Nation.